Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Welcome back. It's Beamer in for Bowerly here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Uh, just a programming note, uh, not for the station, but uh, for Bills fans. Bills uh, Patriots will be a one o'clock game next week on CBS at home. One o'clock, no matter what happens uh, tonight. They will play at one on Sunday. 803 star 930, talking about financial goals for 2024 or 2023. Uh, we have a guest, but first I told Jim and Chitawaga he would be uh, up after the break. Jim, thanks for hanging on. Uh, what is your advice for those looking uh, to get on the right track financially? Uh, taking inventory is number one. Number two is, um, you know, pay your debts. It, you know, the, the Ramsey program calls it, you know, baby steps, and it's just a a guided way to get yourself out of a hole basically and especially for people with maybe multiple credit cards and things that they want to get behind them and it's a way to set it up and uh, find out exactly where you're at and then you know just take baby steps to get there pay off the smallest debt first then to the next then to the next and it gives you this feeling of success and and it works you know I had like four debts and now I'm down to one and it's, you know, through the Dave Ramsey program that I learned about this about in in March last year. And now I'm really into it. And it was my goal for most of last year, but going to definitely continue into this year. So, And so far, you, you'd say works. the program works. So far, you'd say it's uh, been successful for you in reaching your goals? Oh, yes, without a doubt. And it's getting that smaller debt first. That's what you've you've uh, you've done. And then you just take it in order. Yeah, and you take it in order, and you you know it gives you that that winning feeling and stuff. And then you know you're not sending out four checks a month; you're sending <laughs> out three, then two, and it, it just works. Yeah. Hey, Jim, appreciate it, man, and congratulations. Uh, happy to hear it, Jim and Chitawaga. Let's go to Katie Weibel. Uh, she is a financial advisor. Uh, Katie, uh, thank you for joining us this afternoon. You heard uh, Jim and Chitawaga. I, I want to know. Uh, is his advice the right way to go if you're trying to tackle those debts as a New Year's resolution? Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So I am a certified financial planner. So, uh, But, yes, what I, I commend Jim. I love the Ramsey program, and what he's doing is great. Um, it's actually called the snowball method. Um, but there, I would highly recommend that you work with a certified financial planner because when we come together as a partnership, we do it together so you're not doing it alone. Um, and there are other methods um, that Ramsey talks about as well, like the avalanche method. It's more of a mathematical method. But when you're working with an expert and someone who's been in the field 20-plus years, <clears throat> there's ways that we can look at your total picture and try to find more savings and more spots um, and help you get there faster. So definitely work with someone who's certified 
um, who's like-minded of thinking. But just like in the, the new year, we all look at, you know, what's our diet plan? We want to lose weight. You know, we want to cut our spending. We want to get to a budget. Um, budgets are yucky either. You know, people don't stick with them. So we call it a spending plan. So we don't do budgets at my firm. We do spending plans, um, which is free on my website if anybody wants to pull it up. Um, at HavenPlanning.com, uh, but in the spending plan, we'll actually see are you living within your means because that's really important to know. And if you're living outside your means, then we figure out how we can get you into that spot so that you are in something that is sustainable, that is not going to just be a New Year's resolution that dies out and you're back in this situation again down the road. It's important to have the longevity and understand and use the money for yourself as a tool to reach the goals for you and your family. Um, so we walk through that process with you. It's, it's super important to do. Um, with the new year, it's fresh on everyone's mind. <clears throat> I say let's knock the debt out. If you've got, I mean, there's interest rates are going up, payments are going up, home equity payments are going up, credit card payments are going up. Like really think about your total picture. And there's still some 0% offers. So if you have a decent credit score, like 670 or above, look for that discovered zero percent offer we can utilize that as a tool to get out of debt faster so um, there are lots lots and lots of options it's just getting and working with someone and looking under the hood and, and going through it and i also say to you you know go through your accounts it's the only time in financial planning i like to look backwards is look backwards and say what subscriptions and things am i paying for that are reoccurring that i can probably trim out and see if i can live without my family and I, we do this every spring because we're outdoorsy people. As soon as it's warm enough and the snow's gone, um, we want to be outside. We're not inside. So we cut the Netflix and the different uh, subscriptions that we have, and then we wait till it hurts too bad to turn it back on down the road. <laughs> but those, those savings all add up. Uh, you, you talked about sustainable. I want to get to the credit score, but you talked about sustainable living within your means. Uh, so say, you know, is that a percentage thing? If you're looking at your income, yeah. you know, how much should you be spending on A, B, and C, and how much should you be putting away to savings? Absolutely. So, so the rule, the general rule of thumb, and it's different at different periods of time in your life. When you have a young family, it might be more. But in the general rule of thumb is 50%, and we talk about take-home because – talking about gross gets too complicated. What do you direct deposit to your checking account that you can spend, right? So 50% of that should be going to the things that you have to have to live. You need food. You need to have shelter. You need to pay the, the property taxes or you won't have somewhere to live. The things you have to pay should be 50% of your take-home or less in general. All right. Now, because, you know, my big thing, and I think I probably speak for a lot of millennials here. Maybe not. Maybe that's just wishful thinking that more people are in the same boat that I'm in. Uh, but the saving is the is the most difficult. You know, I can I can drop I can drop purchases. I can do this. It's saving the money because I'm the kind of person the minute something I want comes up, the savings account disappears. <laughs> yeah. So we set we set different levels. So we call it the high watermark and the low watermark. So when we set savings goals, we get you to a certain point, that low watermark, you assume you have nothing. That's your emergency fund. That should be three months living expenses. I prefer six, but we start with three. And we say, okay, three months living expenses in a separate savings account. We don't even acknowledge that it exists. We don't invest it. We don't ever consider that that can be spent on anything other than an absolute emergency, like you lost your job, 
and you still got to pay the mortgage, right? Savings above that, then we can set up programs where we're automatically adding. There's all different ways to do it at each person. It just depends on what works for them. Uh, but we set up an additional savings where part of that can be spent on things that you're saving for, like the next car or a special vacation, um, fixing up the house. So there's all different ways to save. But in general, we like you to be putting away 20%. So 20% of your pay should be going towards savings in multiple different buckets, not just one. So retirement, emergency fund, that play fund, or that future fund, that car fund, so forth. Now, I'm going to ask a question. This might come across as a ridiculous question. Um, <laughs> no but, question's ridiculous. You know, you, you have your income from your main job. Now, some of us work a second job, even a third uh, job on the side. When you're putting together your financial plan, should all that be uh, counted as one? Is it kind of a flawed uh, way to go through life as, well, I'll plan with my main job income, and everything else I make will just be fun money? Yes, absolutely, 100% flawed. <laughs> so you should be counting it all, unless it's a job that the second job that you're only doing for a couple months and you're not, don't plan to do it going forward. That's different. But if it's something that you're going to do consistently over time, we should be counting those funds. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Katie Weibel from Haven Financial Planning is with us. That's havenplanning.com. Katie, I got to ask you, you know, credit score, you can't go a day without seeing a commercial on credit scores. There's, you know, a thousand apps to, to look at your credit score. Uh, what is the first thing to do? Say you, say you haven't, you know, there's a lot of people that probably haven't checked their credit score in five years. Say you haven't. Uh, I know a lot of people my age haven't checked their credit score since the last time they got a college loan. Say you haven't checked your credit score. You get on, you go, oh my gosh, this is awful. What's the first thing you should do? The first thing you should do is print it out, go through it, make sure everything is accurate. I see a lot of errors on credit reports where, someone made a payment and it didn't count, or it's a debt that's not even theirs, um, or it's something that's paid off and it hasn't been reported properly. So we need to make sure, one, that everything is reported properly. Um, we can argue with the credit agencies anything that's not, um, and then make a list of what you have. And then we have to look at, prioritize, how are we going to pay this down? How are we going to tackle this together? And it's, you know, people ask me, is the snowball method better than the avalanche? Look, I'm a financial planner. My, my goal is to, to keep as much money in your pocket as possible. I'm always going to go with the avalanche method, right, because it's mathematically better for you. However, it's not always right for everyone. So if you're an emotional spender, we might think about doing the snowball, especially if you have a lot of smaller debts. Um, so it's just it's, it's very customized to each person, but printing out, making sure it's accurate, um, looking at your score and seeing what it is. A lot of people say, I have bad credit because I'm not in the 800s. That's not true. Anything 670 and above is good credit. If you're looking to get a mortgage, over 620 is good. Like the, the, the difference between good credit is just depends on what it is that you're doing with it. Um, when I say 670 and above, I'm considering 0% credit cards getting approved for that. Um, I always say you know you've reached financial success when two things happen. One, you forget that it's payday, and two, you don't give a damn about your credit score because it doesn't matter because you're not applying for credit and you have enough savings to do what you want. That, so that's the ultimate goal. That does – I mean, that sounds pretty good. Uh, but for those, for, those, for those of us out there that are looking at credit scores – because I, I, I know a lot of, you know, obviously the main goal is, hey, you know, not charge anything because there's nothing worse than getting those bills every month and knowing the, the, the debt that's hanging over your head. But is there a credit score, in your opinion, where it's so low, it's, it's uh, how do I phrase this? It's so low that it's impossible to come back from? 
No, 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 no. I've helped people in the high 400s, you know, low 500s recover and recoup. It just takes time and it takes, you got to pay attention to it. You can't put your head, you can't dig your head in the sand and pretend that it doesn't exist. If you're willing to put forth the time and the effort, we can, we can fix it. It just takes time. It, there's no, you know, we see these commercials, and I don't want to call out any companies, but we see these, you know, put you on the fast, uh, fast track for a you know, high credit score. There's really no fast oh, no, track. No. <laughs> there is no fast track. There is no simple answer. There is no quick late weight loss program. It doesn't stick, right? Um, these companies are out to make money. I hate to say that, but you know, I think what they're doing in theory sounds good, um, but those take a long time. They hurt your credit score for up to seven years, and you'll end up paying more in fees. It's, it's very rarely worth it to do those programs you can do it yourself you can find a good financial planner we can help you through it um you know you can negotiate a lot of things yourself too you don't have to go it alone and you don't have to necessarily go with those those companies i will say too a lot of banks and credit cards will say oh we'll show you your credit report when you sign on to your login just know um and like the experian boost you know that's a big one um, they're fun to do and you can look at them, but they're not accurate. You actually have to go to the credit agencies and look at the three different scores to get an accurate score. So if you ever applied for a mortgage, you know, a lot of times people come back and say, well, my bank said my credit score was X, Y, Z on the website, but I applied for the mortgage and it's like 50 points less. So you have to go right to the source. You, you know, know, don't, don't think that those programs are accurate because they're not, they're estimating. You know, looking uh, looking to turn your credit score around because th- that's the number one thing I see when people talk about their financial issues. It's savings and have a, a decent credit score. Is it true that you have to have a, cre- a an active credit card to raise your credit score? You know what I mean? Like a lot of people who have suffering credit scores, it's because they've defaulted on a car, on a loan, on, on this, on that. Do you have to be feeding something, paying something off that's reporting to your credit score to get it to raise back up? Well, you have to get the debt paid down and make sure there's no collections is number one. If you're trying to build credit, then yes. So your credit score can recoup without you having to go open new credit and use it. Um, but there, we, you know, we do say, you know, if you're building credit, if you have a child in college or a young adult in college, you know, let's get them a credit card. Let's get them using it just for gas and let's start teaching them how to manage it. That helps build credit for people who don't have credit. It will help you grow your credit faster if, if we can manage it properly. All right. But that's the key word is managing it properly. So those are all textbook questions. Now I have to ask a, a, a Joe Beamer question here. Uh, you know, looking. So I'm 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 expecting in May. Um, so oh, how how do your how do your finances change? How do you plan for the addition to your family uh, when you're just a few months away? Oh, hold on to your seat. <laughs> so children are very expensive. Um, I will say just from personal experience and from having, you know, so many clients too and a very large family that we tend to overbuy when they're younger and stuff that we don't need or we're not going to use for very long. I say go used all the way as much as you can, you know, share things in the family, pass things on, take hand-me-downs, secondhand, whatever you've got to do. Um, but, yeah, so I think your emergency fund is more important now than ever. And you also have to think about if you have a spouse that doesn't work or if one person makes a lot more than the other, we need to kind of ensure that, like, what if something happens to them? Is the rest of the family going to be okay? So we have to think at a whole new level of, you know, if one of the spouses passes away, is the other spouse going to be able to maintain life? And how do we protect that? That's pretty much the only time I really believe in insurance personally, but um, that's really important to look at. 
And then as time goes on, we can talk about things like college savings and starting off really young and all of that fun stuff. If that's important to you and your family, there's no right or wrong. It's what's important to you and your family. I've got to ask you, you know, as we go into the new year and people are setting those goals, they're, they're, they're setting the, the resolutions. What's the number one thing that have people that that forces someone to backtrack in your experience? You mean backtrack and like do a good job and then all of a sudden they're back in a situation? Fall off their plan. Okay. Uh, so fall off the bandwagon. <laughs> I would say most of the time is when we pay off debt in a lump sum. Like, for example, we use a home equity and we wrap up a boatload of debt, and now we have a much lower payment, and, you know, we're doing debt a smarter way. Um, they tend to use those credit cards again. You have to feel the pain for a little bit, I think, to learn the lesson, um, and you need to be able to to go through the process of seeing what it's like to dig yourself out of a hole to not want to go back into that hole again. Um, when we, when I work with clients, we talk a lot about the psychology of money. Our money types are actually ingrained in us by the age of 12. So our childhood, our parents, our grandparents have really big influences on how we subconsciously handle money. Um, so we go through a questionnaire and we meet with people and we talk with people so that you're aware of what your money type is and what you tend to navigate towards without you know, instinctively, so that way you can kind of fight against that or know the pros and cons of that and use it to your advantage. And my final, up on it. my final question for you, Katie, is you're a financial planner. What is the difference between a financial planner and a financial advisor? Yes, very different. So uh, a financial advisor is someone who's trained to sell product. Um, they might do a little bit outside of that, but a, a certified financial planner is a very intensive program that takes years. Um, I've been doing this for 22 years. It, there is a huge difference. I don't get paid to sell you product. I charge my clients hourly. I'm a fiduciary. It's very different. I work for my clients. I don't work for, for a company who says, what have you sold lately? Or here's your tools in your toolbox. My job is to help you go out and find what works for you wherever that may be and to help you get to your goals. So it's very different than a financial advisor who gets paid to sell a product. Katie Weibel uh, from Haven Financial Planning, havenplanning.com if you want to get in touch with her. Katie, I really appreciate the time on this uh, observed New Year's Day. <laughs> Anytime. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Thank you. I appreciate it. We will, uh, we will talk again. I'll tell you that. Katie Weibel of Haven Financial Planning, havenplanning.com. A, a lot of good stuff there. If you missed any of it, it'll be available on the Odyssey app. You can rewind on the Odyssey app because – I really do believe these are the number two things people set out to at the beginning of the year. As I told you, my wife uh, printed out this sheet. She said, here's how we save $10,000 this year, right? I, I mean, I think that's that's going on. The two top things, weight loss and um, getting more physically responsible. We've covered the physically responsible. We've got the advice for you. Again, if you missed any of that, uh, Odyssey app, uh, on demand, you can use the Rewind but I would say don't wait, you know, please wait till after the show to use the rewind. Um, or you can get it on demand when Josh uploads the show, which I'm sure he'll do as soon as we are uh, done here. 803-0930, star 930. When we come back, we'll take your calls on this, on the bills, on anything we've talked about in the first two and a half hours. And then five o'clock, Robbie Raw's here. We talked about the finances. Robbie Raw's here. We're going to talk about keeping you on track for those fitness goals in 2023. It's Beamer on a game day on observed New Year's Day. We're getting ready. We're four hours away from kickoff. I can't wait, but I'm excited for the next 90 minutes here on WBEN. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Can you tell I've been listening to a lot of Kiss? If, you, if you've listened to my fill-ins the last few days, I mean, starting about a week ago, because I came back with uh, Back in the New York Groove, uh, the Friday of the Storm, and I've just been, I've been on a, on a, on a Kiss bend, so uh, that's usually what's going to happen with the bumps. If you hear something, it's because it's a song that's been on my mind, or, you know, like with the Paris Hilton song, it was part of the New Year's Eve show with Miley Cyrus. 8030930 star930 is the number. Again, if you're stuck on the bridges and can give us an update from the bridges, 202WBEN's the number there. Here are the updated numbers and they keep going all over the place. Uh the Peace Bridge right now for autos is a 58 minute uh delay. Trucks are a 245 minute delay on the Peace Bridge. Lewiston Queenston Bridge 141 minutes for autos. No delays for trucks right now. I don't know if I believe that one. We'll go back to that. And on the Rainbow Bridge, 146 minutes. These are all coming into the States. If you're going into Canada, very minimal delays are starting to come in heading to Canada, but nothing like the bridges coming to the States. We'll keep you updated on that. And again, if you're in that mess at one of the bridges, give us a call. 202-WBEN is our traffic-specific line. We'll use the contest line for the traffic-specific line here uh, this afternoon. Now, before we get to Robbie Raw, who's in studio, Frank in Amherst is on hold, and he's been very patient. Frank... Good afternoon. 
Hey, uh, Joe, I have a little bit of uh, semi-expertise here with these credit reports. Uh, you don't need one of those companies. Whatever you do, don't get involved with them. It's nothing that you can't do on your own, and they're not going to do it right anyways. Uh, the lady that was on, she tiptoed around some of the things to do, but she didn't actually get into the mechanics of what to do, which is, I think, where a lot of people get hung up. First thing you want to do is get copies of all four of your credit reports. There's actually four, Experian out of Texas, Equifax out of Georgia, TransUnion out of Pennsylvania, and Novus out of Pennsylvania is a lesser used one, but it's out there. Um, you want to get copies of your report. If you see something that is inaccurate, you don't really need to contact the credit reporting agency first. You want to contact the creditor. Uh, you want to verify it. You tell them, I, I see this reported on my report. It's not accurate. This is what I thought that I knew. Try to see if they have the information that you knew on file and it turns out to be something that they just never reported as an update or possibly the credit reporting company did not post it correctly and go through the creditor because they can get that changed. And then if it turns out to be something where the creditor is uh, actually reporting things correctly and the credit agency just keeps making a mistake, then you want to deal with them. Had a friend, I'll just use an example. She had uh, multiple leased cars from Chrysler Financial. They were all reported as closed and surrendered. One was reported as closed as surrendered, the most recent. And then a year and a half later, it started being reported as, act as active. I, got, I looked at her credit report, noticed it. I called the... Um, agency, uh, the, the credit reporting agency a number of times, and I couldn't get them to correct it. Oh, and a lot of these places, they do have services on the phone where you can actually initiate a report on the phone. Uh, and so I contacted the um, Chrysler Capital. I got them to send me all the documents. Credit agencies are excellent with mail. The best place way to connect with them is by mail using a stamp and an envelope and copies of your license. You want to put a letter with what you want with today's date and your signature. Copy of your Social Security card is always good. Throw that stuff into the envelope. That's how I got her thing fixed. I put it all in an envelope because I tried four times over the phone to get it fixed. And um, it did get changed. So, um, uh, so you want to go to the creditor. Uh, to get them to make sure that they're reporting it correctly. And then if it's not, you want to get copies of your documents. See if you can try maybe over the phone or an electronic method. Experian, Equifax, TransUnion, they all have uh, website-type things that you can use. But the post office with a stamp and an envelope was always the best way to go ahead and uh, communicate with a credit reporting agency. Um, well. and, and also, uh, similar to that, people should also get copies of their clue report, which is called a LexisNexis consumer report. That's something that people commonly refer to as an insurance report. It has information on addresses and phone numbers from your lifetime, but also any kind of an insurance claim that was ever associated with a property where you lived, a property you owned or something, doesn't necessarily mean that you had anything to do that it's a negative that's put on there, but it might be listed like if you lived in your parents' house and somebody smashed up a car, but you were living in the house at the time. It could end up on your clue report, but you won't be responsible. You want to get a copy of your clue report by contacting LexisNexis and make sure that that's correct. And also, uh, last thing here, uh, check systems is what gets run when you open a checking account. Uh, it has your checking account history, and there's a new company called Early Warning that a lot of the banks use that has all of any checking account 
bank type account that you ever or a checking account usually that you ever had it'll have your history on that to see if you're somebody that does not know how to handle a checking account correctly they might tell you we can't let you open one up until you resolve a matter that you had with somebody else a lot of these things are just about following the bread breadcrumbs um and um so um uh well frank hey anyway. good Go Good stuff, man. Really, really appreciate it. Frank and Amherst, appreciate you hanging on. Thank you. Uh, Robbie Raw is in studio a few minutes earlier than uh, originally scheduled, but Robbie will be with us till the end of the show. So if you have any questions, any texts, 803-0930. Robbie, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you so much for having me, and what a great show today. You had to be happy uh, to walk into the gym this, uh, this morning and see all the people trying to start the year off right. Oh, my gosh. Okay, Catalyst Fitness was packed packed. My classes were packed. Everybody was so pumped up to be back. I think you were there, right? Yeah, I was. Hey, believe me, I, I always say this. I, <laughs> I, You know, with my schedule, I usually can't work out in the morning. But when I'm allowed to work out in the morning, when I'm here for Bowerly, no, no better start to the day, in my opinion, than a morning workout. Yeah. Like when I worked retail, I didn't have to be at work till eight. I was I was worked in receiving. So I had a set schedule, one of the very few set retail schedules. And I was able to go to the gym five o'clock every morning. And it's just you feel better. You feel better once it's out of the way. You're more awake. Uh, so when I fill in for Tom, I really take advantage of those morning hours. Well, the best time to work out is when you work out. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter when it is, but I know that a lot of people get better results of being consistent and sticking to it if they get it out of the way first in the day. And I don't like to even think about it as get it out of the way. We get to work out. We're so blessed to be yep. able to work out. We don't have to work out. We get to work out, right? We were reminded of that a few years ago when we couldn't work out, when, <laughs> yes. when it was taken away from us. Oh, uh, my gosh. You, you know, Robbie, I always say this, and we, we talk about this, I think, every time, because obviously physical fitness is so important, but I find that going to the gym is good for mental uh, mental fitness, mental awareness. You know, you get that. I spend 90 minutes in the gym six days a week, and it really is just I, I, I can zone out. I can really just have all those thoughts go on to myself for that 90 minutes. 100%. Uh, you know, it's just as much mental as it is physical. And the stress hormone cortisol, uh, the reason why we feel better when we exercise is because that is decreased when we're exercising and dopamine is increased as we exercise. So as a nurse, a psychiatric nurse by trade, uh, that attracted me to working out you know, right away. And it is so true. I think it's the key to many marriages, probably mine too, <laughs> you know, that we work out and we re reduce stress. Uh, but yeah, you just feel better mentally and it helps to decrease depression and anxiety and all of that because it does physiologically affect your hormones. Yeah, for sure. Now, I, I know we always talk about this when we have <laughs> when we do shows together, um, but, you know, the COVID thing, we obviously talked a lot when uh, gyms were closed. And finally now, I saw this in the New York Post. I saw two things today that I'm thinking to myself, Robbie's probably been saying this for uh, for 20 years. <laughs> um, I saw the, the Post said, you know, that working out just three days a week can decrease your chances of having a severe reaction to COVID. And that's something that I believe you were saying in 2020. Oh, yeah. I mean, we know that obesity is a risk factor to high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, cancer, and yes, COVID. And so, you know, when we decrease the body fat on our body and we exercise and we eat right, because you can't out-exercise a bad diet. We could talk about that. But, we um, will. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, I mean, definitely we are decreasing our chances of, you know, getting COVID and 
so many other things too. And actually, there was a new study out recently that said if you do exercise for one minute, three to four times a day, you can decrease your chances of getting cancer by 40%. Wow. Isn't that wild? That's that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, imagine what an hour does. <laughs> now, I saw today, because I was uh, on the second floor in front of the CNN TV, um, and they had a study that hi- staying hydrated, hydrating every day, also decreases your risk of disease and all that stuff. And I, 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 thought, I thought that went without saying. I didn't know they needed a study to confirm that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I brought my water in here, by the way. And it's so important that we drink half of our body weight in ounces of water per day. Now, this is kind of an average. It depends on how much fat you have in your body and all of that, um, how much you're exercising and all of that, too. But, you know, I have little marks on my water bottle here, but our listeners can't see it. But it's so important that we manage that. And because by the time you begin to feel thirsty, um, you're already 1% to 2% dehydrated. Oh, geez. So you want to drink throughout the day and really manage it. And you cannot manage what you don't measure, right? And it's important not only to drink before your workout, but I think a lot of people forget after your workout too, because I've I've had some late, you know, later in the day workouts where I then go home and take a nap. And there's no worse feeling than when you went to bed dehydrated. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. And you don't want to drink too much before you go to bed because obviously you'll, you'll be, be up. up all night. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But before, during, and after exercise is so important. And I just want to encourage people, you know, today we saw how packed the gym was and just start, just start slowly, right? You know, we could talk about how to start, but it's, I think that people try and get overzealous just like they do with their financial fitness. <laughs> uh, Katie was so great, you know, with all her tips. And I think it's so important that we realize that, you know, we can't do everything all at once. We should have baby steps in terms of goals, you know, just show up. We'll take care of you once you get there in the gym. <laughs> that, and I think that is the problem because people do set these goals, right? And let, let's talk about starting because so many people, I mean, you got a lot of people that hey, I'm starting tomorrow, the bills play today, but you've got people that, that their goal is to start and they don't see those results in the first, second week, right? You know, yeah. you, you talk about people resolutions. We saw how packed the gym was today. You come back here in a few months. We'll probably won't be talking about how, you know, the. I mean, that gym is usually packed most of the time anyway, but, <laughs> yeah. but like today, and I think it is because people, you know, a week or two and they're looking at the scale, well, I'm not seeing anything and you know, I don't feel any different. And I think that's where you lose a lot of people in the first few weeks. Yes. Now I weigh myself every day, but a lot of people who do weigh themselves every day and they don't see that change on the scale, they need to remember that muscle as you're, as you're working out, you're gaining muscle, you know, and, and your blood chemistry and your muscle mass changes you know, pretty quickly. Um, in fact, your blood chemistry changes immediately as soon as you start exercising. And so your body is starting to change. So you you should not look at the scale. I mean, I do because it's me and I do it. But <laughs> I know the fact that as I'm gaining muscle and we start losing muscle at age 35. And oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I know, Joe. Just telling you. And, um, you know, so and then and then hormones start hijacking our bodies. So you know, tonight the Bills game is on. My husband and I have our bikes set up in the living room. We are going to ride our bikes on a trainer, our outdoor bikes on a trainer. You can you can start by just starting. Like, put on your sneakers, go for a walk right now. It's like 80 degrees out today, isn't it? Very nice, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, starting is the hardest thing. And you will mentally start to feel better before you physically start to see results. That's that's another thing because we so many people they're like all right I haven't worked out in a year my this year I'm getting back to where I was you know for me 
the gym's never been the issue, as I was talking about before you, you came in. <laughs> it's It's been my diet. I mean, I've since 2014, when I saw those pictures from Vegas, I, uh, I've never stopped my workouts, except for 2020. I've never stopped my workouts. The gym is like the one constant thing in my life over the last 10 years, but it's the diet. You know, I, I, I'm trying to get back to that 2019 diet, and that's where I struggle. I don't struggle going to the gym. I'll, I'll go back to the gym today. I, I like being there. It, it's it's positive mentally, as you said. You know, I always leave with a smile on my face, even if it was a difficult workout. Um, but it's the diet part. And I think so many people, as you said earlier, try to work out of a bad diet. And, yes. you know, they say, oh, the Bills play today. I mean, hey, I, I'm making the excuse. We're having pizza tonight. You know, <laughs> the Bills are playing today. Oh, the Bills are in the playoffs, this and that. And, and it's difficult to get back. You know, part of starting, yeah, is walking outside. But it's also, all right, how do I clean up the fridge? How do I have the food ready to go so I can be successful, not only on my physical di- on my physical workouts, but on the diet at home? Yes. So you can't. You cannot out-exercise a bad diet, as I said. And yesterday you said tomorrow, and nothing changes if nothing changes. So you've got to make one change today. One change with your dietary habits. You know, I think probably the biggest thing for everybody at this time of the year is sugar, right? So a lot of people have been eating sugar because a lot of parties, the holiday and what have you. But if you can stop eating sugar and do one thing per week... Uh, if if you're that type of person where you need, I like to do like everything all at once, but people sometimes need to do one thing per week. So maybe this this week you stop eating sugar. You throw out the sugar or give it away or whatever. I throw it out even at Halloween. I used to do that with my kids. But, you know, you stop with the sugar. And then maybe the next thing or maybe, you know, the first thing is you start drinking half of your body weight in ounces of water. So you look at each thing and maybe you pick, you know, one or two things per week to start making those changes. But you've got to change your brain to change your body and your habits. And it takes 21 days to make or break a habit. Wow. Three weeks. Yeah. Three weeks. Now, you're talking about sugars. Are there good sugars? You know, we talk about fruits and apples and bananas and grapes and stuff. You know, before a big run, which I finally got back into running, uh, I like to eat a bag of grapes. Uh, So what are the good sugars and what are the things that you should never touch again? Yeah, well, that's that's a really good question. I look at sugar as poison because, um, you know, I lost my sister to breast cancer and I know that cancer has a sweet tooth. And so I really changed my diet right away when I realized that and when I found that out. And so there are tons of sugars that you can have that are different than the white stuff and the pink stuff and the blue stuff and the yellow stuff and all of that, the uh, sugar-like things, which are, you know, very bad for you. They're carcinogens. A lot of the um, artificial sweeteners are. So what I do, and I made some biscottis over the holiday, but I used coconut sugar instead of regular sugar. It measures the same, it tastes the same, it looks the same, and you really can't tell the difference, and it's lower glycemic. And then, um, you know, just making sure if you're using honey, because a lot of people use honey in their tea or whatever have you, honey does have some healthy properties. However, uh, it's very high glycemic. So I use coconut nectar instead of um, honey. I use coconut sugar instead of regular sugar. And really, there's hidden sugar everywhere too. So you got to look at the label. You talked about artificial sweeteners because a lot of people, all right, I'm starting to eat healthy. What's the first thing I'm going to do? Putting some DCs, Diet Cokes in my <laughs> in my fridge. But you know, mm. I've, I've, heard, now I've heard all things about it and we all know I love my Monster Energy drinks that are filled with a bunch of uh, artificial sweetener. Uh, but that's not always a fail-safe, right? Because your body can mistake in that 
for actual sugar. Is that correct? Yes. Actually, there are several studies that people who um, take in artificial sweeteners and diet drinks like that have an increased waist circumference. And it never gets you to stop craving the sweet stuff. It, you got to break the chain. It's not like you can wean off a of sugar. Um, like if you were an alcoholic right now, I, I wouldn't say just have a little bit of alcohol every day and then you'll get off it. It's not like that. You have to break the chain of sugar addiction. And I used to be sugar uh, addicted to sugar. So I get that. And, and so, you know, you really do have to understand that, that art, those artificial sweeteners, not only are they, um, many of them are carcinogens, but they will, they'll never make you stop craving sugar. You've got to change your taste buds and really cut that stuff out in order to stop craving it. And you don't want to increase your waist circumference, so just cut it out. <laughs> what about, you know, because I, I, I'm in a lot of grocery stores during the day, and there, you know, I, I've noticed more and more there is a huge sparkling water section, right? You'll get your sparkling water. Bubbly has it. Wegmans has a huge uh, polar yeah. has it. Is that the same? Is that better for you? What, what's your thought on sparkling water? You know, it, it, it's got a little bit of a taste of, you know, lemon, lime, whatever you get with it. Mm -hmm. Is that okay? Or is it just the, the smart thing? Just stick with regular water. Yeah, I mean, I prefer red, regular filtered reverse osmosis water. Um, you know, the thing is that a lot of those water drinks, if you read the label, you, it's not, it might not be on the front of the label, but on the back of the label, it will say that there's added sugar or a sugar sweetener or artificial flavors. You know, I don't want anything artificial. You know, I want the real deal. And um, so I think it's better if you just get used to water right off the bat. And, and you can add things to it. You can add lemon to it, cucumber, ginger. One of my favorite drinks to have, and, and I'll make a hot tea, is um, water and apple cider vinegar, uh, a couple of tablespoons of apple cider vinegar in a pan with water and ginger. And it is immune boosting for you. It's so wonderful for your body and it tastes amazing. And you can even heat up, just drink, you know, plain water if you want, if you're cold, uh, but just get it in. You've got to, you got to figure out a way to get it in. Yes. Believe me, let me tell you, as someone who, water in the gym are the things I can stick to. I got to get back to eating, but yes. you feel so much better when you're hydrated. And I think it's so underrated how much better, you know, people, I need my coffee in the morning. I mean, he, even with me, I need my monster in the morning, which I know I don't need, uh, but there's <laughs> no better feeling than being fully hydrated. I mean, those other things give you a, a little bit of a caffeine boost, but nothing like being hydrated. It, 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 I've never felt more alert than when I'm the most hydrated. Well, alert, yes, for sure. And it increases your energy level because when you are dehydrated, you slow down your metabolic rate. That's the last thing we want to do. We want to keep our metabolic rate humming throughout the day. And so when you're dehydrated, it slows down your metabolic rate. So you're burning fat and utilizing calories at a, a, at a slower rate. But not only that, you feel sluggish when yep. you're dehydrated. You have brain fog. And, you know, you keep bringing up eating. And we can talk a lot about this because, you know, Really, truly, when the rubber meets the road, as you know, Joe, your dietary habits have so much to do with the equation of your health and your body composition. In fact, with the fitness trends um, or the fitness resolutions for 2023, the uh, statistics show that the number one resolution is to exercise more. And that was 52% uh, of the people said to exercise more. Number two is to eat healthier. And that's 50%. I was surprised by that. I thought really, you know, if people realized how much more your dietary habits have to do with your, you know, the equation, I think that would be flipped. 
I think people think that they can out exercise a bad diet. I'm telling you right now, you can't. And if you want, if you want to uh, see the ev- the evidence, my closet is uh, split right now. Clothes that fit me, clothes that used to fit me, and you can see which uh, which has more hangers on it. Eight oh three oh nine thirty, star nine thirty. Robbie is here for the entire next hour. Any questions? Any advice you want from her? Believe me, I got enough questions to fill the next hour. But I <laughs> we got phone lines. You can call in. Also, if you're stuck on one of the bridges, uh, the Peace Bridge, the Rainbow Bridge, the Lewis and Queenston Bridge, we're taking those calls. We've made two oh two W B E N the track. Traffic line. So if you have, if you're on there, you want to update the situation. 202 WBEN will get those calls on. Beamer in for Bowerly. We're back after the news on WBEN. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.